What's up, Internet? This is Oh So Curious. It's another episode, another week of looking at the world and wondering what's going on. Three curious minds this week. Trying to tell time. That's what we do here. And uh, thank you for coming and spending your Sunday afternoon, morning. I don't know what time it is wherever you're watching. I know currently it is morning over here. But if you're just joining us for the first time, be sure to like and subscribe, comment. Maybe you can get featured as the comment of the week in our pre-show, which we just did. <laughs> we just did a pre-show. Anyway, I am joined by Mags and Dan. It's a good day to be on Oh So Curious. Happy Aww. birthday! That's cute. I like that. Was not expecting that. <laughs> that was not expected. Thank Wonderful. you, guys. And I was laughing about the comment of the week. I mean, we're fine with having uh, Miss Frankel joining us next yeah. time even. Yeah. She has you some know what? great comments. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll get her on the show. Oh, hey. Sorry, I'm still here. I'm here. Hi, Dan. Hey, Dan. Hi. Sorry. Sorry, I'm busting this party. Okay, we're here. Sorry. All good. How are you? What's going I'm on? I'm good. I'm good. He's good. This just in, Dan's good. Um, so, yeah, we got a good show for you. And uh, what, what do you say? Shall we get right into the rundown and let you know what's happening? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, guys, here's the rundown. First, we're going to do some quick hits. That is everything that happened last week that's worth knowing about, followed by our Moon Knight Episode 6 review. And we might even do a little bit of a uh, rundown on that, on the retrospective. Doctor Strange, we saw it. We'll tell you about it. And then we're going to get into a little bit of a discussion about Age of Heroes. And then next time, we're looking at Firestarter to see what that movie's all about. And maybe next week, we'll even review it. Hard to tell. But it's going to be a pretty good show. I can feel it in my bones. Why don't we get started with those quick hits? Yo, you're excited about it? Yeah, the, the, the rundown is cool. It's, it's a cool... It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think yeah. Mags, the last time you were on the show, we haven't we didn't use the rundown. So it's been like probably like a few weeks since you've and that made some changes to the graphics. It looks neat. I am always back. blown away with the graphics on this show. Yeah. Nice one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> worth a like, worth a subscribe, worth a comment. So and a share if you got one of those in you. So yeah, be sure to do that. And now the quick hits. All right, time for some quick hits. Let's see what went down this week. We start things off with more news from family. I don't have friends. I got family. Um, yeah, I'm not really good impersonator. <laughs> Louis Letier has been called in by Universal to replace the departing Justin Lin in the director's chair for Fast Death, also known as Fast X. Lynn departed from the production a week ago after alleged problems working with the franchise's lead star and the producer Vin Diesel. Um, drama. Uh, now with the ballooning budget of reportedly $300 million, one must wonder if there is more trouble yet to be brewing in. Yeah, just, just play the clip down, just play the clip. You don't get back on family. so catchy, no? I know. <laughs> Moving on. 
It was Dwayne Johnson's birthday this week. Was it? <laughs> Missed that. Um, the handsome... Is he though? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Recently made an appearance at CinemaCon to promote his upcoming DC film Black Adam. And with the film on the track to shift the balance of power in the youth in there, DC Universe this October. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? I, I'm lost. Um, I, at least we know Dan finds Dwayne Johnson attractive, so... Yeah. Moving on. On the May 4th. Yes. May the 4th be with you guys. Always and forever. Lucasfilm dropped the new trailer for the upcoming highly anticipated Obi-Wan Kenobi series set for a limited run on Disney Plus starting on May 27th. What are you most excited to see on the show? Where do I even start? Um, but yeah, we'll be reviewing the series, um, so make sure to stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited. It, it should be good. Uh, speaking of balance of power in the DCEU, Superman... Mm, let's not... Nah, he's more of the Witcher now. He, he's White Wolf. White Wolf, Henry Cavill, also celebrated his birthday this week. The star of The Witcher keeps hitting it out of the park with every project he touches. Sort of. And with the new ownership at Warner Bros. Discovery, looking to revitalize the Superman franchise, we could see Cavill don the cape once again. God, please, don't let Cavill touch the cape ever again. He should, he should just stick to Geralt. He's, he's Geralt. It's, it's Geralt. It's Geralt. Right, and lastly, Doctor, Set, Doctor Strange, pardon me. It's not a greatest day for me to my dis, for my dyslexia to kick in, but like, just just bear with me, I'm doing it. It's, it's fine. Lastly, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is finally out in theaters, making bank at the box office and sitting pretty with a fresh score on Rotten Tomatoes. But hearing from those who have already seen the film, the sequel isn't without its cavities and might not be everyone's cup of tea. Have you seen it yet? Um, if so, what did you think so? Because I'm going to see it in three hours and I don't know what to think. Um, I'm excited, I'm not excited. It's kind of mixed feelings. You know, it's, it's a cinema trip. It's fun. Good. <laughs> and that's it. Those are the quick hits. Um, we, by the way, have you seen the finale of The Moonlight? Because we have and uh, we've reviewed all the episodes and you can see it linked down below. And yeah, just just look us up. We're also curious and we stream every week and it's really fun. And yeah, okay, we're done. And by the way, we named her Georgina, in case you guys have been wondering. Um, she's Georgina, so still pretty excited about it. <laughs> okay, bye guys. So that's been the last six weeks for me and you guys. We've been watching every episode of this, reviewing it. And if you haven't checked those out uh, and you want some expert analysis on Moon Knight, take a look at the stuff that we've done. Or if you want to save some time, we're going to talk about the whole series right now because now we have a bit more of a gestalt for it. We've seen all the parts move to, you know, melding together, I how want. all of the elements work to, yes, uh, yeah. We've uh, <laughs> we've really experienced the whole thing, uh, and it's um, I don't know I I just gonna put up a language warning for that word. 
because I, I don't know what it means. Gestalt, so it could be gestalt. taking a, taking something uh, as the sum of all of its parts, as opposed gestalt. to yeah, it's wow. a psychology term. I'm very very smart, and it's um. <laughs> I'm googling this right now. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. and um, love that. We uh, let's let's take the fifty thousand foot view of it. Question number one: Would you recommend it to a friend? Would you recommend the series to a friend? I wouldn't. But Dan, what do you think? Would you? Was it worth watching? I, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a show that, I mean, I'm. I said it after the first episode, and even though the, it sort of didn't end exactly the way I would want it to, I do believe that the show overall is the best thing that Marvel has done on Disney Plus to date. So yeah, I would recommend it. What makes it the best? I, I just thought that the show overall is a fantastic character study. It it wherever the show was lacking, it was because they were trying to again, I don't even know what the definition of this is for everybody, but marvelize it like and by that I basically mean whenever they got away from character based storytelling to just focusing on plot and having like these big CGI action set pieces, that's when the show was at its weakest. But then whenever it was about the characters that's when you know I, I thought they did some of their best work mags how about you what was the best part of it for you i'm i'm just happy that my term marvelized kind of ended that's, up in dad's lingo it's like a get it trending as... hashtag marvelized that's marvelized. gonna be our yeah because that's that that is a thing that has happened and i think maybe later when we talk about the age of heroes we can talk about we can unpack that word and really what it mm. means. Because I think it's yeah. something that people are cognizant of, but they haven't memed it or named Mina. it yet. So let's mm -hmm. let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, what was the worst part of it? You know, because I don't think it was the strongest content I've seen. Um, it felt a little disjointed. I never got a real sense of good or bad or the mission. I never really felt connected to anything. There was a lot going on. And, yeah. you know, is this a sympathetic character? Do we care about Moon Knight? I I really cared for Steven, mm. the English one. Yeah. Or is it Mark? Steven. No, Steven Steven's is English. I know you confused them before. Mark is American. I have. <laughs> See, I'm still, I still am. Um, I thought the explanation explanation and exploration of why he is the way he is was very um heartbreaking and yeah very accurate in the way a child's psyche works and um so fully supporting what you said dan it was very good very detailed very just kind of cleared focused study on the character but just making it over marvelized destroy yeah the heart for me to have a heart in it for me yeah yeah Good. i i felt for that in those scenes particularly where we get a, a look into the mind of mark as a young man and as a kid and we see what causes somebody to dissociate and to try and escape their reality um where that plays into his actually let me tell you this i don't know what moon knight's powers are mm. i watched six episodes of this i don't know what he does 
I don't like know what fighting, his right? He fights. He basically can, like like he it's... can do a costume change. He'd be a great stage actor, you know. <laughs> but but you know, use the suit. Yeah. <laughs> no, the other suit. And I, and it gave me like Mortal Kombat vibes, you know, when the the mask was kind of. I thought it was cool, like cool special effect when he was turning into um, the Moon Knight. And Don't so now, yeah, yeah. Now we have this this third persona that was revealed post credits, right? That's what uh -huh. you told me. So you, oh, so you still haven't <laughs> I didn't seen watch it. it. I didn't watch Did... it. I don't, I was like, episode's done, series is done. Me too. Um, <laughs> but from what I understand, there's a third, there's a third uh, personality that we're meeting. And his name is Jake. And this is the question I was asking before. Is this season one of a multi-season show or are they going to again marvelize it and just spin this off into another series? Is he just going to appear as one of these three people in movies mm -hmm. or other shows? What what do you predict is next for Moon Knight? Because clearly this isn't the end. Yeah, it's they left it relatively open ended, so I do believe they're gonna come back with more content around Moon Knight. However, Oscar Isaac earlier this week, you know, in one of the media interviews that he, in appearances that he was making, I don't know if it was about this project specifically, but he was asked about this, like season two, is it happening? We already heard from a one of the producers on the show that no, season two is not in the works. And then Oscar Isaac basically said the same thing. He said that um, they don't have any plans for season two, but like in, in a manner of, again, I'm paraphrasing that, you know, He's excited about the character where they took it. He saw this as like a one-off for the most part, but uh, acting yeah. didn't match up. And so he's giving a fantastic performance. But right, we're back. <laughs> okay. Where did we leave I off? Pretty, I was I talking about something to do with, oh, Moon Knight coming back in the future. I'll just right. summarize it by saying Oscar Isaac impl basically implied that yes, there'll be more Moon Knight. He doesn't, it doesn't seem like has a contract in place right now for anything other than what was already done. Um, and the producer said, yeah, we're not doing a season two of this, but you'll likely, you know, basically see Moon Knight in other places. So maybe they bring him to the movies. Maybe, you know, um, we get him cameoing for in other projects. So, And that's, that's the main use of an actor I've found in Marvel is to be a cameo. Yeah. Um, so looking forward to seeing him pop up unexpectedly unexpectedly can you do that again it was, thing. With, with oh sure yeah. looking forward to him <laughs> showing up unexpectedly in some <laughs> other marvel thing maybe mm. maybe mm. it's just such a coincidence that we had wonder vision five months ago six months ago yeah and now crazy can i ask you guys a question show up because hmm. we we <laughs> show up Take over the film. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, um, what did you think about uh, Layla's uh, turn as a superhero in this, in this last episode of the show? Could not care less. I literally wanted to say that. Oh, my God. Could not care less. It's, it's what I said in review. She checked the boxes. Yeah. Egyptian I mean, Woman. I'll say this. The, the costume looked pretty cool. Cool it was, costume. Yeah, the costumes it, on this show were good. I'm not gonna take that away from them. Yeah. Um, again, everybody's superpower appears to be 
cool costume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the way they kind of go about giving her this that costume and obviously this you know becoming a superhero and there's a point in the episode because... where like a kid asks her, "Are you an Egyptian superhero?" and she's like, "Yes." And I'm like, we couldn't find a more subtle way of doing that because that just was way too on the nose for me. So Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe it's because it's television, maybe it's because it's Marvel, but yeah. every nothing is subtle in anymore. these movies or in this content anymore. Everything yeah. is explicit fan service and explicitly talking to the viewer. Um, I guess it's implicit and explicit. It's not subtle. It's not subtly mm. implicit at all. It's like... It's literally somebody going nudge, nudge, wink, wink, being like, hey, we did it, right? You see that? And it's it's like, it's yeah, I like, saw oh, it. It's almost like all the signs are there, you know, just flashing, look, look what yeah. we, we made for you. Yeah. yeah. Eh. Mm. So in the end, like, if he just showed up as, you know, as another cameo in another Marvel universe in the, in the Marvel now multiverse, you know, would it matter if I knew his backstory or anything that happened here? No. See, that's, I think that's my problem with that. I think th- this is actually better to leave it for Doctor Strange. Sure. Commentary. But it, it kind of ties in into Moon Knight. The fact that they did Doctor Strange into the madness of multiverses, that literally gave them a card of, hey guys, we can do whatever the hell we want right now. Yeah. We're well, going to have. I'm just waiting for Jedi to appear in Marvel. That's what I've been I'll... saying. It's it's going to break my heart, but and it, yeah. and and the thing is, it wouldn't be a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It would be <laughs> now, and so then they could invent any character they want. Yeah. And then if they wanted to, they could travel back a long, long time ago and meet everybody and CG Mark Hamill's face on some other actor, Until and then anyone. you'll you'll have Spider Man fighting alongside luke skywalker and oh i will i will have to sit through it i suppose <laughs> but if okay so I, I, yeah no sorry go ahead max no i i just had a bad bad vision yeah <laughs> i'm just all right That's to kind it. of put a period on on moon Knight, i will say this um moon Knight as a show i felt like if you took away episode six for me would have been a much more consequential and a far better show because I agree. It, it felt like we started a character story in episode one that concluded in episode five and you leave it mm-hmm. there. Then Moon Knight, the next time we see him come back and now he has his costume back and something that effect or everything that happens in episode six becomes like a two hour long movie. For me, that would have been far more preferable than what they did here because what they did with episode six certainly sets up more storytelling opportunities but overall for me what it did is it sort of made a lot of what happened before episode six seem inconsequential because like the whole character arc finished and then they were like oh whatever never mind we're doing it this way and i think marvel is has lost its sense of restraint over the last few years that it used to make some of its best projects as good as they were and that's kind of I've, I've, I'm going to be saying something similar about Doctor Strange. But yeah, I think Moon Knight 
even so, it's still the best show they've done on Disney Plus as far as the MCU is concerned, which is, you know, I think telling considering like all the other stuff they've put out, like the quality of that versus what we saw here. Well, it sounds like we're kind of chomping at the bit to talk about Doctor Strange. Why don't we just hop right into that? Well, actually, before we do that, um, I'm getting ahead of myself. Don't get ahead of yourself. You got to look at the rundown that we put together. Um, But hey, if you guys watch Moon Knight, do let us know what you thought about it. You know, I did love Oscar Isaacs. I think we all loved Oscar Isaacs' uh, uh, abilities as an actor in the show. So that was always the highlight, no matter what episode you were watching. Um, But yeah, let us know what you thought about it. But hey, Andrew, guess what? Before we talked about Doctor Strange, we will be uh, taking a look at Strange Adventures with brian um he's got he's got a new best friend and uh he decided to tell us all about it (laughs) let's meet brian's new friend yeah okay hey brian hey daniel all right man you ready to get down to business yeah let's do it man Okay, well, uh, let's start with your mic, all right? Let's do this thing. I've got this Shure MV7 podcast microphone I'm looking at here. It's got voice isolation technology. It's got auto level mode, USB XLR connectivity. So so what do you think, Brian? 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 Brian?
Since Spider-Man, this has been the most highly anticipated Marvel movie event of the year. This was <laughs> Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Spider-Man kind of set this up, introducing us to the idea of the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse, where anything goes. We can establish different timelines. We can bring characters in from other, other properties, like Sony's Marvel Universe. And now Love it. <laughs> there's a big old mess in the multiverse, and it's up to Doctor Strange to clean it up. How did we feel about this film? You forgot to add the reason why is there a mess, which is oh. the most ridiculous reason. <laughs> What's the reason again? Wanda's dreaming of having kids of her own, which she cannot have. I she right? can't have did it? I get it right? Was that yeah. the basically? Yeah, and it's such a basically. flawed because here's a I'll just like right off the bat let's get into the deep end here because and Please. before we do that actually let me put up the I don't know if I did this already so I'll put this up now um, I would like to put up a spoiler warning because we will be diving oh, yeah. into all the spoilers. Um, let's be right. honest, the movie was spoiled already, but we're going to reveal details. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. I, so here's the thing about this movie that I think fundamentally... It was, not, it was revealed in the trailer. It's fine. It's fine. That was revealed well, in the trailer. Uh, yeah, right. Well, that's a, you know, we put up a general spoiler warning anyway. All right. So what I'm trying to get at here is the fact that this movie's fundamentally... I, I think no matter what version of the movie you made here, one of the fundamental flaws in the philosophy of, uh, of this story is, or, or just the... I don't know what you would call like the structure of the story or the nature of the story is that Vonda's motivation in this film is very iffy at best because she's wants to basically be with her kids that never existed, that she conjured up in a completely made up reality and then fell in love with the idea of having those kids with a character that no longer exists. And, and then in WandaVision, she got over that whole situation. At the end, it was resolved, and she was all, she was, she was happy that you know, um, or not happy, but she was, she, she, she had accepted the idea that the kid, she, you know, she couldn't have a family that wasn't real, and 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 then, the end of the show, we have like this one, I think, scene where they say, oh, never mind, she got the dark hold, and she's not actually over it. She just left, let you know, that's people go in that city or town. And now she's going to do it all over again. And so Wait, that so again, that's, it's like Moon... That's the series. That's the series. Or is that... That's everything before the movie. But, but and that's kind of, that's another issue that we can talk about. But the point I'm trying to make is that whole show, like the same thing as Moon Knight. It's like if the episode six didn't happen, that show would have felt like it was a consequential entry into the MCU. And the last scene in the last episode of WandaVision made that whole series seem inconsequential to the, the greater MCU because everything that happened in that show, basically they literally Dr. Shea says in the start of the movie, when he goes to meet her for the first time, I'm not here to talk to you about best view, or I think that's the name of the town. I'm here. Let's that's, they're like, Oh, you watch WandaVision. Great. If you didn't, nobody cares. Let's talk about this movie. Like, and, and it's, it's their insistence to constantly toss those things to the side. It's an insult yeah. to people who choose and take their time to go watch those shows because Kevin Feige or whoever, like the people in charge, the creatives are like, 
you can watch the shows and they're great, but at the end of the day, if you don't, it doesn't matter because the movies will never truly integrate with them. And so it's an insult to somebody who spent their time watching the show, and it's an insult to somebody who didn't because then their motivation to watch this movie becomes even like less, like a lot more I mean, murkier than it used I, to be. I, to counter argue that, I, I haven't seen this series, but her motivation kind of may kind of sense the, the the her desire to kill the child was not or like you know play with the multi universes was not strong enough argument but her being hurt after killing uh vision was th that's essentially the connection i made that's why she was so heartbroken it wasn't because of the series like the, my, my and the um, lack of uh, knowledge about the series did not impact my viewing experience whatsoever. Yeah. I didn't feel like it's. I honestly I didn't think too hard about the motivation because I was I was watching this movie feeling like and I said this when I saw it with a friend, but I told her like this feels like episode seven of season three of a show I've never watched. And that's, that's tough because everything that happens in this is inconsequential to everything else. It's a big mess. There's a lot to keep track of. They introduce characters that they kill off. And it's, I don't know, it, it just, the entire time, I just kept thinking to myself, this this is really lame. I've mm -hmm. I, I, I couldn't shut it off. My mind was screaming it. This is lame. This is really really lame. This there's is really so bad. much. This is mm. like there's action, but I don't care. There's characters, but I don't know them and I don't care. And I realized, you know, I was a comic book nerd for all, my youth, but back then I knew the mythology and i knew about the idea of the multiverse and the fact that everybody in marvel was part of the same universe and back then that was just something that people who read comics knew now it's so mainstream everybody knows and i'm sitting there in the audience with these these people who are reacting they're squealing with joy and you know saying oh yeah. i saw that coming and oh this is wow <laughs> and i'm just i I hate to say it, I, th I think Marvel movies are for nerds, just for nerds. And I don't think I am one anymore. I mean, being a nerd is, isn't a bad thing. I just well, think it's, it's been, for Marvel it's, it's been remarketed. Marvel fans. It's been remarketed yeah. so that everybody wants to be a nerd and everybody, hey, if you know all the details, you're yeah. in, you're in on the, th it's like, fine to be interested in nerdy things but now this caricature of hey you're a nerd and i'm a nerd and, and nerds are cool it's like just, just tell me a good story yeah you just reminded me, me of good burger <laughs> it's like instead of like i'm a dude i'm a nerd she's a nerd <laughs> he's a nerd because we're all nerds yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what it is it's, yeah. it is it i think that's one of the things that also drew me out because not because of well yeah i think they they i always thought that this movie with how deep it goes into the craziness of like and and how deep it goes into the comic lore of it all 
it's gonna leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth who are who are there to watch a good movie they don't care yeah. so much about all the nods to comic book culture and yeah this movie didn't find a good way to balance that and i think again marvel in the past used to be more restrained in that sense and they would be like they would focus on making a great movie first and then the references and the easter eggs and the comic book things like would come secondary because they're it like yes it's good to have special. that yeah it used to be truly unique now it's just well they used to be characters <laughs> and i think something really went wrong they they brought out iron man and now we have this really like smart self-aware um you know makes quips and is like he's a funny character and mm -hmm. then they they pushed it really far with um deadpool to be like hey this is how self-aware a marvel movie could be and suddenly every single marvel character is the same kind of serious when they need to be serious. They're the same kind of self-aware when they want to be self-aware. They're the same kind of funny when they want to be funny. And I just, but, I don't yeah. find that there's any real character anymore. I just, it just feels like m one person, the faceless Marvel with Hero. a bunch of puppets <laughs> or action figures yeah. just being like, I'm serious. I'm also serious. Ah, now I'm joking around. That's a funny it's joke. It's disingenuous. I, it's disingenuous. Mm -hmm. It's there's nothing really human or interesting about it to me anymore. I feel like if they want to get people like me back, and who knows if they even want me as a fan, but if they want, some, that's another thing. Yeah, I don't totally. think you're the fan anymore. Probably not. I think maybe mm -hmm. I've outgrown but, it. Which, but that's part of the problem because they shoot. They shoot cater. They original fans the people that kind of made marvel happen like yeah our generation yeah. essentially i mean the movies was, did not yeah. they're not around today because all the hardcore fans went and watched the movies they're around today because like everybody went and saw the movies so yeah i think if they start losing the casual fan that's when marvel is going to be in big trouble yeah and the original spider-man movies which were also directed by sam raimi those were great mm -hmm. because you could sympathize and you could feel what was going on with Peter Parker. And it was about the story. And it wasn't about... And same with The Dark Knight. It's not, hey, we mm -hmm. all know what's going on with these comic book characters. It was, let's look at these ideas that have been kind of marginalized to just being for a certain group of people. Mm -hmm. Let's make them compelling to everybody. Let's turn them into a good story. Let's develop the characters so that we care. When everything is reduced to cameos and, you know, quips and self-aware meta commentary, yeah. you're not telling a story anymore. They they had a really so in all defense, I agree with every single thing you guys say, but to say something in defense of this film. There was just one small thing that I wish they explored further because it's very, um, I'd say it's quite common, but it's not used that much by films. And they, they, they had, the, they had the joke. It was the line, "How are you?" Like truly, are, are you good? How is your life? Do you remember? He gets so Doctor Strange gets asked. Are you this, happy? Uh, right. I think is the question. Are, oh, are you happy? Yeah. Are you happy? And. It's such a difficult question for everyone nowadays. And I thought that was kind of a missed opportunity where they could have really explored this. Like, yeah, like we answer, yeah, we're, we're good. We're, and we're happy, like in a passing moment. But 
not everyone takes a second to just really ask themselves the question, hey, am I happy with decisions I'm making? Um, so yeah, it's it's a shame because that was that could have been something very um, more meaningful, more deeper. Yeah, something but, they really but, tried. But see, that's there's some... and, yeah. Go so, ahead, then. No, I was just gonna say that's what you're saying. I think to add to that, that concept, that question is something that it's a very subtle. It's a very it's a very nuanced thing. that you that has to be explored in a very nuanced way like are you happy like it's it's a deep character driven question and this movie mm. just just felt like it didn't have enough time for character development exactly. the movie only had time for exactly. plot so that's that was like that i that whole if there was one theme in this movie it was are you happy because that's what they started off with in the beginning ask that question being asked of doctor strange and then you know at toward the end the same thing even you know in other respects i think um whether it's his relationship with with uh america chavez his relationship with wong his relationship with uh christine his relationship with his, himself like they they dropped this like bombshell that his sister passed away when they, they were playing on ice and she fell through oh like no, that 60% through the movie and then just were like oh whatever like small detail let's move yeah. on next fight in this movie is coming up mm. you know like that kind of thing and it's just like every time like the movie tried to inject character development and for us to like find reasons to care about these characters the movie always it was like kevin faggy was like no 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 don't worry about it sam plot we gotta move on we gotta get back to the story we gotta go stop wanda, wanda again wanda wanda exactly yeah <laughs> yeah it just it yeah. just was disappointing Uh, we already put up the spoiler warning, but I really want to take issue with the cameo scene. And that's all it was. It was a cameo scene. If you haven't heard by now, John Krasinski, they put their foot in the water. John Krasinski as Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. Um, again, I want to bring up the fact that they shoot these scenes, they do some market research to see who tests well, and then they reshoot them with the actors and that's exactly how it feels and that whole can you tribunal... explain that further for those who don't know so how does the market research so we heard you know rumors that oh fans are really pushing for john krasinski to be reed richards well i'm i'm a fan i was a fan i wasn't pushing for anybody but i'd heard that and then wouldn't you know it i went to see the movie and there he was It's almost mm. like they listened to the fans. Well, they did. Know, That's exactly it. It's a fan cast casting thing. Yeah. Is it or did they put out that rumor? Was it more viral marketing and did they have other people go um, you know, yeah, I guess that'd be cool and yeah, people are responding well to this. It'll be Jonathan. Well, the, the rumors for that have been around for years even before Disney bought Fox. They were really? like fans had been wanting to have uh, John Krasinski as uh Mr. Fantastic and ja, what's her name um her wife Emily Blunt as Sue Emily Storm Blunt, yeah. uh, and and it, it's so uh, I guess they finally gave into it they kill <laughs> off this version I of it I can't believe it because it's in another universe but they can bring back they can bring back anybody because you know Doctor Strange universe. is always yeah and Doctor Strange is always played by Benedict Cumberbatch apparently Wait. Have you guys Apparently. seen that? Exactly. Have you seen that meme where you have different Spider-Mans and then 
Benedict yeah. And then say. for some reason, Strange is... Or like, hey, there's a female Loki in one of the variations of the timeline. Mm. But yeah. but for some reason, Strange is always, you know, and played Captain by the same... England. It's sort of know. like... That's yeah. where I think you get into the, it's it's one part of the multiverse. Like if you get, if you're trying to tackle a concept as big and as expansive and as diverse as the multiverse, like scientifically speaking, there's many different ways to tackle the multiverse depending on what scientifically you go for. speaking, there's nothing proven or even reasonable about the idea of a multiverse. Yeah. Quantum physics is just a theory that Hollywood yeah. writers love because it gets them out of plot holes. But, but, but that's the thing. Spider Verse men made made sense. It because no? they thought the 2018 about it. One. But you have they to establish like a set of rules within the world of the story, and then yes. follow them. But you, what you can't ever do is give off the impression that anything, it, every every anything can happen, and therefore nothing matters. And I think that's yeah. a fine line that you have to walk that's, when you're tackling a mm. multiverse concept. Yeah. yeah. I th I just felt a little lost in this one, and I they there were too many elements to keep track of, too many too much um, pretense and pretext to keep track of, you know, and like reading assigned which, reading that you have to do before you even make sense of which attracted pretentious audience. <laughs> yeah, can I can can we just very quickly though take a. Can we move back to the cameos? Because because I sure. want to point out something. Yeah. I think I, I I hated the majority of the costumes for those cameos of the Illuminati members because well, change you... them in the next universe. Huh? Illuminati because of market even... research. Well, I'm we... making a joke. Like for example, John Are we Krasinski's. We're not going to discuss Illuminati. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm like the before that scene. I mean, you know, before they go to the the chamber and his mortal is like, it's time for you to meet the Illuminati. I'm like, and under my breath, I made the comment of how pretentious you have to be to call yourself the Illuminati. Like, and I just like, eye roll because like that concept alone. I'm like, in the comic book, it works, but to do it in the movie, like I'm, and that's the thing where Marvel, I feel like literally they took a lot of, they were like, we don't give a shit. This is an alter universe version. So we will make it as cheesy and as comic accurate as possible. But when we do mm -hmm. the 616 version, the mainline MCU, then we will like start to like treat it seriously because that played into every aspect of, of that whole sequence where it was the most comic book cheesy costumes that, that for every character that we got. Like the fa I think I've, we've seen th two or three versions of the Fantastic Four on uh, the silver screen before and by far the version of the costume that they had for John Krasinski wear was by far the worst one looking one on camera. However, however it's the most comic book accurate ridiculous. one. And the same thing with like Professor Rex. He's wearing a light gray suit in, in a building where the color that yellow is almost nowhere to be found. And his chair sticks out like a sore thumb the whole time. It's It, it just bothered me. Like how it's at yeah. I'm like, you got to stick to some, like ground it at some to a certain degree. And this movie just, like I said, when when everything can happen and nothing matters, that's when things start to become visual noise. And I felt like that this movie at some points was like the third act of a Transformers film because we kept going from one stupid, ridiculous fight where they were doing weird hand gestures and yes. throwing lightning bolts and things at and each other to the next. How did you guys, yeah. how did you guys think about, uh, feel about the horror elements? Because that's when the film looked Didn't most even promising for me. Didn't even you notice You didn't notice? Them. Didn't even, no, there was nothing scary about this movie. Hmm. 
I, it wasn't scary, but the, the, he used some elements from horror film that he really needed to polish, I suppose, in order to attract the younger audience. But overall, it was, I don't, I don't know. It, it could have been something if he just stick to this one, one genre, I think. This is if where the movie also... Yeah, the movie suffered like a, a mixture. Like it suffered from having uh, these tonal Dissonance. issues where just it, it some critics reviews who are like criticizing the movie for having like it's being like a mess. They keep saying it feels like it's some combination of it's a Marvel movie that it's the same. It's a movie where Sam Raimi's stuck inside a Marvel world, or it's a Marvel movie that's trying to be a Sam Raimi movie, or some mm. like combination of that mm. criticism. And I think it comes from the fact that whenever they leaned into the hardcore horror elements, it was out of place at times where it killed the momentum of what was going on in the scene. Like when they're in that tunnel running away. All of a sudden, like the fifth like blast door that they close on her, after four others that she just decides to walk through, she's doesn't walk through that one. And now we're like five yeah, shots of why? reaction shots, mm-hmm. build up yeah. music, and then she pops in from the side and this jump scare. I'm like, See, all of a sudden so we decided it's a scene. horror movie. Here's for here's like one minute. I really wanted to address as well as the the tone shifting left audiences guessing as to what was meant seriously and what was a joke. Yeah. And I will tell you in my theater, when Dr. Strange is talking with the corpse's body and he's got, you know, he's missing half his face. He's talking like this. The, the audience was erupting with laughter. They thought that was hilarious. Yeah. And it's like, it was just like, it's like, that's, that's, he's talking seriously. Genuine meant, piece of dialect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it meant to be serious? Was I supposed to really care about like it's like he looks ridiculous. Yeah. He sounds ridiculous. Um, it it almost felt intentional, but then you realize, oh, he's he's actually giving important information. It's the kind of thing that you would see in scary movie, you know, the parodies, where it's mm-hmm. like, what did you say? What? <laughs> it, it, it yeah. wasn't. It well, was, in my theater, people were laughing when um, there's a dream. There's a sequence where uh, Patrick Stewart's uh, Professor X is in the mind of the Wanda that's being possessed by our Wanda from the main mm-hmm. the 616 world. And um, he's trying to like pull her out from under the rubble, it's seemingly a reference to Sokovia where she would have been at one point. And then if she cannot pull her, okay, he cannot pull her out, then the, the, the evil Wanda is going to take over the mind completely and get inside his mind. And so he's walking in that sequence because it's in the mind. And ha- like there were like a dozen people in the theater just like laughing at it. Oh, he's laughing. He's walking. What? I'm like, it's a serious moment. Even the music and all the stuff. And I, I think you're right because it left people not understanding. Because here's the thing. In movie making... There's many different ways, like the mise-en-scene can give you a lot of, clue you into a lot of, like, that's the thing, we talked Mm -hmm. about this before on the show, where sometimes you don't need to know what the characters are saying to understand what is happening, because there's visual cues, there's other auditory cues, like the the, the soundtrack and the score of the the, movie, the cinematography that you're seeing, the reactions and, like, what the actors are doing physically on screen. And I think at times, even, like, when he's taking over the body of the dead Doctor Strange, 
what what made it confusing is they were Marvel was too busy making that whole thing look cool and rather than showing the horror of it all and then that you know that Marvel humor got in the way of of creating the horror aspect of it again where Bong is like mm. I don't even want to know and then we're can like I, what can I take issue with is there the, any tension the there cool thing yeah because I don't know about you but green screens have really lost their effect on me this is a green screen it's it's not it's not impressive all i saw on this was a ton of green screen a lot of cgi a lot of things moving around and everything looks mm -hmm. like a computer generated also, image i just also stolen from other films is that right like yeah like I, a... I was getting mandalorian mixed with carrie in one scene there's like, a, how actually that yeah on Twitter, one person pointed out the other day that literally, and they put the two pieces of music back to back, Dan Danny Elfman literally took the, you know, the sequence in the theatrical version of Justice League where Flash is like getting slow motion trying to get the sword poked back to Wonder Woman and they're in the tunnel. Um, well, if you don't, but you'll, you, you know, whoever's, if you guys are watching, you probably know that scene from, if or if know. you don't, look it up. There's a piece of music in there used. It's like connected to the Flash of the character. And Hans, sorry, uh, not Hans Zimmer. Danny Elfman took that piece of music and literally reused it in the soundtrack and the score for this movie. And mm. it feels like there was a lot of that happening. A lot of derivative elements in this film. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe that's maybe that's a little Easter egg saying that DC is going to be part of the Marvel <laughs> universe. I don't mm. I don't think so. Yeah, but, let's, let's hope not. I mean, yeah. All in all, this movie was. Not a bad film. If you look at it in a vacuum, I think the movie works. It's certainly not Eternals, which had fundamental structural plot flaws and logic gaps, whereas this movie doesn't quite have that. But it's just when you go beyond the the most basic of standards for storytelling is when this movie starts to like disappoint. I disagree I, yeah. with that can statement. I, <laughs> just can so I, you know, can we just say, yeah, Dan, this totally, is all your... Totally disagree. Like, I don't... I, I, I hadn't seen a lot of the stuff that I was supposed to see in order to understand this. I did not understand a lot of the movie. Um, I don't think it stands on its own. I don't think it's a particularly entertaining film unless you know everything going into it. Um, mm. Lastly, if you're going to bring John Krasinski in, I think the big missed opportunity is that for Eternals, they really just should have cast the entire cast of The Office. I think that would have been a much better <laughs> Eternals movie. That's... Steve Carroll as, uh, <laughs> as Captain Marvel. Yeah. Yes, please. You know, as, have Kevin up there, you know, with his pot of chili, you know, and using <laughs> that against other... I would, I would watch that, that Eternals. <laughs> you know, there was... Some people wanted um, Dwight Schrute. Who's the actor who plays Dwight Schrute? Rain um, Wilson. Raven Soul. Some people want some some uh, fans wanted to see him in this because they're like, if John Krasinski is exactly. is Mr. Yeah. Fantastic, then Rain uh, Rain Wilson should play Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. Wouldn't that yep. be great? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know what? It's probably going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. Maybe he is happen. the Victor Von Doom of the eight three eight universe that the Illuminati was in. It um, could be. You know, Rain Wilson yeah. voiced Lex Luthor a million times for DC cartoons, so he's used yeah. to oh, being wow. villains. Yeah, that is true. He could easily be Doctor Doom. I would not mm. put it past them. I would not put it past them to put all of the cast of the Office in the Fantastic Four movie. He's, yeah, we'll he see. might be a Loki in a different universe as well. Hmm. I could see that happening. 
he could play a good Loki. Is that what you were saying? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, a, a good movie. I think that you don't, you guys. I'm, Dad, I'm, I'm probably the only one saying. saying it's a, that. It's a decent. <laughs> Why didn't no, you know good what? Film. What? Let's don't let us tell you if it was good or bad. Yeah. You tell us if you liked yeah. it. You Comment, share the videos if you think we had something decent or relevant or interesting to say. Um, let us know what you think because the jury's clearly out over here. Yeah. What are we moving All right. on to from here? And and that continue? beat goes on. It does. <laughs> so this is our this is our issue now. We've stumbled on this word marvelized and we're we're in a weird state of storytelling now where everybody's got superpowers, everybody's some kind of special thing who's the only person who can save the world, and the world always needs saving, apparently. Uh, are these tropes tired? Are they redundant? Are we burnt out on stories? You know, we defeated Thanos, and we're just sort of picking up the pieces right now. How do we get out of this age of heroes, if you will? It's superpowers, superpowers and good heritage sometimes as well. Good like heritage. the heritage or both so some someone or or money right yeah those by the way um i just want to point out something we we're talking about the age of heroes and i just want to clear up the confusion in case anybody clicked onto this and is thinking we're talking about the 2011 sean bean movie age of heroes no we're not talking <laughs> about that uh we are t talking about all the all the the comic book movies that swamp the theaters and our televisions and everywhere we go. We're talking about that age of heroes. Yeah. Just wanted to, just wanted to establish that, you know, no confusion. I, whilst we're at the establishing, can I just say that I take full property over term mar marvelized? I came up with that. You guys are free to use Nobody, it this time. Do you know how memes work? Nobody cares who made them. I'm, I'm about to go get that debate. Really I know, on. but for the sake of this podcast, Marvelize belongs to me, guys. I can well, send you. Um, if you're going to take credit for it, can you tell us what you think it means? Because I don't. I think <laughs> it can be used a lot of different ways. I I no. I I think I just go back to the how I pitched the story to you guys. It started with Ray. I was just very, as you guys know, and the whole world. I'm a huge fan of Star Wars, and I just wish Ray was just Ray. She, she did not have to be, you know, the grandchild of the, the most powerful, you know, Sith Lords on, in the universe. And um, that was the kind of first time I, it was like a missed opportunity for, for kids to have the message. You know, they, they have this very good message in one of the Star Wars. I think in the episode seven or eight, there's a kid who picks up the broom. It's, you know, uh, do you eight. guys remember? Eight. Eight, right. Yeah. And I thought it was very special because that was essentially where I thought the story was going. Anyone can be a Jedi. You don't need to be, you know, the son of Darth Vader or, you know, you don't need to be um, experimented on like 11 and Stranger Things. Yeah. You don't need to be born with special powers. You don't need to be bitten by a uh, radioactive spider. Like... You you can just be great because of who you are, and can I, I'm very very upset the world is not there. I, yeah, I, I think that's a wonderful point, 
Um, I also think that, you know, the idea of evil has really been um, diluted. I don't think anybody knows what evil is anymore. Everything's mm. so ambiguous. Everything's just kind of like, yeah, they're the foe we're up against, but why? Yeah. What do they the want? The anti-hero. <laughs> well, that's the other thing is like, now we starting with think with breaking bad we started seeing a lot more anti-hero content where it's it's not good people doing good for the sake of they're not superman they're not clark kent who just they have powers and they think given my gifts i need to look out for those who are weaker than me this right. is i'm uh i'm a victim of the system and i therefore am justified in fighting against it that and became we very root for them we, we're, we're asked to when we watch these things. Yeah. And that's how you end up siding with, you know, a meth kingpin. That's why I don't, exactly. I have a rule. I don't watch shows that uh, glorify drugs and, and, and people who deal in the business of drugs. Let's say that I don't want to say drug dealer specifically, but you know, cause there's many different aspects of the, anyway, whatever the point is I don't watch anything related to that. So that's why I've always avoided and always will avoid better call soul, mm -hmm. Uh, Breaking Bad, oh, that's and why. a lot of other stuff. I I can't get through most Marvel Scorsese movies Not simply because of like my hate for that stuff. You know, wow. like every once in a while I'll watch something. Like I've watched, was it, is it Raging Bull? What's the one? What's the black and white De Niro Raging about Bull. the box? Is that yeah? Raging and The Bull. Departed had to watch for school, so like I got mm. I had to watch it. Not a bad movie, but if I had oh, to make a good. choice on my own, probably wouldn't watch it. So. But then you watch Tarantino. No, actually, I'm not a big so, Tarantino. My my brother is a huge Tarantino fan. I just and because the thing is, I also don't love gore for the sake of gore, and that's what Tarantino does a lot of. So there, well, the vast majority of Tarantino movies I don't watch, like Pulp Fiction. Again, exception to the rule, because I like the narrative structure that they have, like the way they edited the movie, and that's why I watched it. But the content of the film is largely inconsequential. Basically, if you don't know what happens in the movie, it doesn't matter because there's nothing really happens in the movie at the end of the day, and. Outside of some of the iconic sequences, uh, I, I'm not. I, uh, let, yeah. Let's leave it for another show, but I, I will strongly disagree with that statement. No, there's um, there's a lot of stuff that are packed in, in Tarantino's Scorsese. I'm also a Scorsese fan, but um, and it's interesting that those two always get lumped together in the same conversation. But they're they're, I, they're good. I had it in my um, in my whole course essentially. I had this course called Film Authorship, and we had. Tarantino and Scorsese back to back, which is quite fascinating to have them to compare. Um, but yeah, anyway, how did we get here? Well, that, I wanted to bring up the idea of moral relativism and the idea that we really don't see good and evil the way that we used to. And mm. somehow everybody's part of some kind of resistance. Everybody's fighting some nebulous bad thing, even though we never really know why they're evil. They're just dressed in black or something they make them crazy yeah like or Wanda. they're crazy mm -hmm. or they're uh but now there's even the there's a in the push to destigmatize mental illness we get crazy superheroes you know like moon knight and we who again morally relativistic he's a mercenary we don't know what he stands for and we're just supposed to look at this and go well he's got a costume and He's talking to some other people who clearly want something different, but I don't know who's good or who's bad. 
And I don't, I wouldn't, I would even go so far to say is these people aren't heroes. They mm. are super powered people. Yeah. Because they don't stand for anything. Dan, you're Dan we lost your sound. Sorry, muted myself there for a bit. Anyway, I keep doing this every week. But as I was saying, I've said this earlier in the show on many occasions. I feel like what you're saying, so yeah, there are superpowered people that we shouldn't, we shouldn't, we should reserve the tag of hero for the people who only do heroic things and you don't have to have superpowers to be a hero, mm. superhero, hero, whatever. But, and, but the thing is that that's where Marvel's, it, you know, using its restraint in the past in terms of cre on the creative side helped ground those characters because now it's like because every property, whether it's a show or a movie, at the end, they have to have a big CGI action set piece where we have to go fist the, he, the, the protagonist has to go fist to cuffs with the antagonist in some way. It's like we're constantly being reminded that this is a superhero movie or superhero TV show yeah. rather than us just saying that guy's a hero because or, or that gal is a hero because they made some sacrifices to do the something morals. that was a selfless act. You the know? And, and the action and the CGI have taken precedence over the story and the heart and the entire concept of heroism. So I don't know, maybe we should, maybe we need to reassess the title of this because I don't think we're in an age of heroes. I think we're mm. in an age of uh, moral relativism that is irresponsible and doesn't tell very good stories. Not anymore. Yeah, I mean, not to say, I, I don't want to like sound like we're generalizing here because here right now we're talking about specifically superhero movies. So like Marvel, DC, you know, any other superhero property specifically, like think Marvel more so than anything else right now because that seems to be the, that's like a theme this week because their projects are all over the place. You got Miss Marvel coming up, Thor's coming up, Doctor Strange, Moon Knight just finished, no, Wakanda Forever. We can be no, we can but, be talking about majority of the films where feature people with special powers. The, the intentions behind yeah. it aren't relevant anymore. But but like okay, so for example, I was gonna mention um, everything everywhere all at once. It's a movie about this very average person. I mean, and then we get into the, the craziness, but this average person who could be anybody you run into at your neighborhood laundromat or shopping mall or whatever. And and then they're thrust into this extraordinary situation. And then you, and the concept of the movie is multiversal. So you get into all the, the craziness of it all. Here's... And you see the very different lives that person could have led in, in a different reality. And at the end, you know, it's all about a selfless act to that is, you know, some sort of sacrifice for yourself, for the greater good, for people you love. And I felt like that, that I think is what, when done right, that's what a great film about heroes of any kind would be. But I don't, Marvel movies I don't tend to go way that far as a hero that. movie. But yep, I will okay. say that that movie had heart, and that was about a. That was about a, a mother and a daughter and a woman who was having an identity crisis and realizing that her life could have gone all like that was an incredibly human and relatable movie. And there was a way in for anybody watching that to be like, yeah, when I think about all the other things I could have done or all the things that I could do with my life, you know, that's that's something that every person thinks about. Not mm -hmm. every person, um, you know, is 
the one person who can travel in between universes and needs to press the button in this universe so that the other button goes off in the other universe like it's g do you remember everything everywhere all at once she was a nobody yeah right like she didn't even have special powers that's no. why it was such a refreshing film and oh. and i think that I mean, ties what... back to like what you said the biggest mistake that mar that um lucasfilm made with star wars after episode eight where they clearly established that the, the theme of the movie was you don't have to be a Jedi or a Sith Lord to do to make a difference. You could be anybody. And that was like woven into like everything that um, what was a love interest for uh, Poe in that movie? Uh, played, was it Kelly Marie Tran played? the I forget the name of the character, but that that's that was the th biggest thing. If you were walking away with one theme from that movie, it was that. But then like the next thing. movie completely yeah. reverses course and says, oh, never mind. This is Star Wars. You have to be special in this universe to matter. <laughs> Going, taking it to a total extreme with that whole concept. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I've been saying this for years, but I would love something like the original Spider, or sorry, the original Superman movies to come out. I would love a guy to just be a good person who is straightforward, who is standing up against real problems that we understand and is just looking out for people. I would yeah. love to see the most Witcher. basic uh, superhero movie come back. Witcher, <laughs> speak Witcher? of Superman. Yeah, that's pretty, I mean, games are far better than you butchered it, but yeah, in the games, in the book, kind of Witcher's intentions and kind of his way of operation is uh, pretty straightforward and it makes sense. Yeah. So where do you think, that. where do you think Batman fits into all of this? It <laughs> depends on which question. version of Batman we're okay. talking about, because I've definitely, I think the, the version that we got in the Zack Snyder movies with Ben Affleck's version of the character largely fits the theme of, you know, what we've been talking about where, He's a super. He's almost super powered in that movie, given like just what he's capable of doing. He's basically superhuman compared to the average person, even though he doesn't have actual powers, if you will. Uh, whereas I think like the Dark Knight, and and even the the new the Batman with, with Robert Pattinson, I think those versions of the character present a much more grounded person where their every action that they have make has some consequences whether it's physical consequences on themselves um or material consequences in the world around them or character relationship consequences with the people they interact with um so it's it, it, you feel like they're real people especially i think christian bale's batman felt sure. like a real person and i mean well, that he... movie like created the, the i think the most most realistic because here's the thing you can take the tag of superhero movies away from the dark knight trilogy and especially the Dark Knight specifically, and even to a certain degree, the Dark Knight Rises. And you can watch those movies as science fiction or action epics. I, I think yeah. the, the Dark Knight was mostly sense. a crime thriller and the Dark yeah. Knight Rises was a war film. And whereas the Batman Begins was a much more traditional superhero origin story. And I you don't see many examples of, of that. I think when it comes to Marvel stories, the only real example of, of a movie where if you were like, pretend it's not a superhero film, then what is it? 
rather than it being a superhero film that's also a historic epic like the first avenger because most superhero films try to like mix genres but there's very few superhero movies that you could say there it's a movie if it wasn't a superhero movie it would still be a movie but they, and logan they is an example that. i would point as out I, like I, a best as film. i mentioned earlier in, yeah. in doctor strange they really it's almost like they've tried it they tried to be a horror film for I'll, I'll go as far as 40% of relative. the film. I was getting elements of horror film, but I I don't know what happened, whether Disney was like, hey, hang on, you need to calm down. It's it's still children's kind of, we still get children in the movie theater for that. Because well, yeah. They don't want to have it be rated R, obviously. But, yeah. But yeah, like I will say like Doctor Strange didn't do nearly enough for it because that's it has tonal issues. And it's because they could not figure out what movie they wanted it to be. Like, there were, like, yeah. elements of horror here and there. Every once in a while, we would let Sam Raimi shoot a horror sequence or a scene or part of a scene yeah. or a set of shots within a scene. And then the rest of the movie is going back to being your average Marvel fare. And exactly. and that was a problem, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, okay, one question that I, be, I feel like we have kind of danced around and haven't quite answered, but it's on the graphic. Do you think the MCU has become too much of a good thing now that we are talking about all these trends of these recent releases? I think what, that's an optimistic way to phrase the question. I think what, it's just too much. What do you much. mean by it? Has I mean, MCU, I'm dyslexic. I can't read that fast. Hang on. Has the MCU become too much of a good thing? What do you mean by good thing? So, Does it work? Well, okay. So the... Right now, I think the MCU, on a from a financial level, it's still one of the most profitable and highest-grossing franchises. Well, not only like of all time, but also it props up the move, the theatrical business at large, mm-hmm. because a lot of people, uh, the vast majority of revenue that theater theater owners make are from playing like Marvel or DC or superhero movies, because they make the most amount of money. So, in a, that sense, it's a good thing for the. For the business however from a storytelling perspective and what we as a society and our and in pop culture mm-hmm. value from movies i feel like a lot of what marvel has started to do kind of boxes you into very specific like it you know kinds of stories that, that they're telling whereas you know, then that's I, where I we miss some that. Uh, yeah i i think given that the story has become as complex as it has and there are as many details to keep track of um, more than any other franchise it it really has um, backed itself into a corner where they are indebted to the fans and they need to always make sure that they're doing things that fans Mm -hmm. will appreciate they need to keep delivering now and the storytelling is suffering because it's what's taken precedence is the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the cameos and making sure that there's enough hype for this one. And really the cameos in these movies, um, they serve a a couple functions that probably not everybody considers. The first is, you know, it gets, it gets a celebrity, uh, you know, more residual payments for their appearance in that movie. And so they get billed and paid and all that stuff. But Mm. beyond that, you also are basically creating a trailer in this example for the next Fantastic Four movie. And you're saying like, it's, it's not a scene. It's not a story. It's a trailer for coming soon. Fantastic Four in the MCU. 
starring just, John Krasinski. Oh my goodness. I just thought about the best update for our title. Hmm. Escaping the Marvelized Age of Cameos. The Age of Cameos. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see if that domain is available. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually good to know. I saw that. I was like, yes. <laughs> Marvelized.com. You can actually, I would say get on it because somebody yeah. will snap it up. <laughs> that <laughs> somebody might be me. Guys. Side business. Yeah. Let's just write a blog for uh, Marvelized.com. Marvelized. Just redirect com. to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be fantastic. Um, but yeah, I think I think we can all agree it's it's um, Marvel specifically and also the the greater superhero genre as a whole. Well, like I said, there are material benefits to to the you know what they do for the industry at large. You know, bringing people back to theaters like the Spider Man movie, two billion dollars. You know, No Way Home. It propped up the industry at a time when a lot of movies were struggling. And but what it does is. It, it the downside of it is it takes over so much space and for other storytellers to thrive doing things that are not superhero movies like filmmakers now have to in order to like gain enough clout to do what you want to do you have to do these studio pictures which has always been a trend but now more so than ever most studio pictures that you see where they're dropping 100 150 million plus in budgets happen to be superhero properties there's very few exceptions to the rule or if they're not superhero movies specifically it's like it's about family or it's about Win Diesel and like Fast and Furious or Jurassic Park. I don't have friends. Oh. I got family. Oh, what happened there? What happened? Well, I guess Vin Diesel had to get a word in there. Um, but that's again, the point is like even if it's not a superhero movie, it it basically feels like a superhero movie because the people are like, you know, acting like superheroes. So it, yeah. I feel like we need yeah. more human stories is what I'm trying to say. I would like to see more human stories. I'd like to see more human acting. I am really not a fan of this Meisner technique of doing less and doing less because you are mm. left with robots who don't emote. And what I also find is that people watch movies and then they imitate them. And so people become like the things they watch and exactly. people have character. Mm. Regular people, they do things and they move around. I would love to see an unscripted sneeze in a movie, you know, that doesn't drive the plot forward or something like that. Just like, let's Some see human. people yeah. do what they actually do. You want to yeah. really show the truth of humanity? Stop underacting. Stop unreacting. Actually yeah. do something. And Affect reality. We don't have superpowers. That no too. one does. <laughs> it just it just randomly reminded me of that scene from Twenty One Jump Street where there's like Nick Offerman's like uh, sitting across the desk from Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, and they're like, "Can you? What are the Miranda rights?" He's like, "You have the right to be an attorney." He's like, "What?" And then Jonah Hill's like, "Well, you do have the right to be an attorney if you want." <laughs> And like, you and then they come from and goes like you two idiots are perfect and it's like at the start of the movie before they get sent on the whole undercover mission mm -hmm. and I know that those two that twenty one Jump Street twenty two Jump Street were largely like you know they had a script and stuff but there was a lot of improvisation and some of the best moments in those movies were just improvised you know lines and moments in the scenes which is often so, the case for yeah for acting mm. yeah um okay well so I think. Whatever age we're in, it's safe to say it's time for us to escape it and see something new. Um, yeah. Or if you disagree, or if you do agree, tell us what you think. 
like, subscribe, share. This is oh so curious. But we are moving on to our sports segment. Let's see what happened in Dan sports. Dan and Brian. With Dan and Brian. Hey. Time for sports with Dan and Brian. Veteran umpire Dan Bellino issued an apology after throwing D-backs pitcher Madison Bumgarner out following a routine check of his hands and glove for sticky substances. Yeah, Daniel, I bet he was really bummed about it. Bumgarner had a couple words with him after the to end the, to end the inning, but... Uh... So, Daniel, the Bucks and Celtics are coming out of hibernation for Game 3 following a three-day slumber. Oh, the things that the NBA does for his TV overlords. Chuck, are you with us? I'm bored, man. Yes, Chuck <laughs> What is wrong with you, man? Dodgers part owner Todd Bowley and Clearly Capital just won the bid to acquire Chelsea. I'm sure the Brits are going to be happy about this one. It's like they're trying to extinct our club. <laughs> Did you know? LSU's Geosciences Department registered a small earthquake when Garth Brooks performed at LSU's Tiger Stadium. I'm not even going to try, just cue the clip. Up to the Death Valley, well, Paul's drained, come to die. Good luck, coach. Go Tigers! Wow, well, I feel informed. That's all Dan. That's everything so about this was Dan. Yeah. Dan Dan makes this show the ridiculous thing that oh. um, between the Toretto meter and the open mic intros and sports and everything. Like, he's a he's a genius. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah. Wanna talk about that? You wanna tell us how you came up with this stuff? It's open mic night. Anything goes, man. Yes. Whatever you want. Yeah, we could talk whatever we like. As uh... what's your process in making these things? How do you decide what's what's like funny, what fits the theme of the show, or are you just trying to mess with us? Hmm. It's it's a little bit of all of those things. Like I think it's at this point it's well established that when I write the quick hit scripts and I always plant a few like trip wires, I like to call them, um, and see if you guys just kind of read it and then catch yourself and send me the clip to like put into the into the final video or sometimes you guys have hilarious reactions as you read it for the first time and then that becomes part of it. it's fun i think our brand of <laughs> humor humor is self-deprecating but it's also you know we we have fun with it it's it that's, I love keep it. it loose you know yeah i you you mentioned vin diesel and the family in the this week's quick hits and yeah. to the point that i just read it and i was like <laughs> Dan, just just roll the clip. I I know this is just the moment for it. I gave you a specific cue. Play it. <laughs> there you go. Well, you didn't have to because I would have done it anyway. You know, exactly. don't turn your back on them. Just like I know you're so busy as well. That's another thing. You're so busy. How do you have time to just come up with this level of like? Like, you know, you know what else I will say? I thought I was being clever when I referred to the quick hits as the crick hits because 
you know, every time we have a joke that doesn't land, he puts the sound of crickets in there. And I thought, well, if he's already going to put them in there, <laughs> I'm going to call them the crick hits. And I was, I was expecting just the noise. And of course, I go, yep, them's the crick hits. And he <laughs> takes a bunch of little bugs and animates them to fly into my mouth to make it look like I've eaten bugs. For the record, internet, I don't eat bugs. I am not some <laughs> bug-eating man. I will never be a bug-eating man. We, we not... don't know that, guys. We I know, know that, that for sure. It's like yeah, you like, sounded like John <laughs> Oliver there. It's uh, The footage when... was edited. <laughs> it's kind of, I, you just reminded me of that John Oliver. You know, whenever he brings up Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz, I don't like that man. I don't want to like some... I'm like, I'm not... I don't eat bugs. Mm-hmm. I am not a, a bug-eating man. <laughs> I'm not a bug-eating man. <laughs> he had the obsession with Adam Driver, too. I don't, I don't that. have that. Oh. He would always just like make very um, sexualized jokes about Adam Driver, but like in a funny way. And then one day, like one, one show, he just gets like a FaceTime from Adam Driver and he calls him out for it. He's like, hey. What, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Oliver. It's, it's hilarious. Cool. Yes. It's um, hilarious. <laughs> I was lost. I'm like, hey, who are you talking? Are we still talking about John Oliver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like are you guys fan of it? Of John fan Oliver? Of oh, I'm a huge fan. I liked I, I liked him when he was on The Daily Show, and I liked him in The Love Guru. I never really watched Last Week Tonight. You would enjoy that. You which think is, so? Yeah, I think it's your cup of, cup of tea. Hmm. Speaking of I crickets. Mean... There we are. Oh, here's an instant replay. Yum, oh. yum, 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 yum. <laughs> Yeah, it's fake. This is deep faked. I didn't eat crickets. You might not be able to tell. Those are actually animated cartoon crickets. Wow, how many times are we going to watch it? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just... Hey, by the way, I think I snuck them in the next time around, too. Like, you did two two weeks in a row, and then... Did you sneak them in a second time? Oh, Oh, man, I totally missed that. (laughs) Yep. Ridiculous. It's yeah. like an Easter egg. <laughs> yeah, quick hits with Easter eggs. Called the cricket. Yeah. Another great reason to watch and pay very close attention to Oh So Curious. We do mm. all Are we talking about bidets today? Uh, what? I'm sorry, I caught the the uh, lower Oh bidets. Oh yeah. Bidets. Yeah, that's still in there. Sorry, I just saw the graphic. Yeah, Roland's <laughs> not here. I think he's yeah. the only bidet user in the group. Um I, I found the, when, when you guys were talking about it, you're like, you, you, you try the bidet once and then you're just mm. the man who uses the bidet. Like it's, by the time is, yeah. Second time you use a bidet, you're a, you're a bidayer. Bidayer. Okay. I'm Googling bidet. Are we, oh, careful. Are we talking about <laughs> what I think we're talking? Make sure you look up a video. Yes. Wow. I, you, I, we find? used to have one of those in our, like in the house. And I you never have, knew more. I we used to have them. Like I remember as a as a like l- little girl when I um yeah, we used to have them. But no, they don't go. come very often. I never knew what they're for. Would you like to find out? I I I know now. I'm a big girl now. <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> how yeah. I, do I even want to know how you guys ended up talking on my days? I forget. I think I think You were on that Ellen, episode though. Remember, Mags? Was it was that? in. It, they first brought it up during the pre-show, 
And then we were like, hey, so what's everybody that been up to? And then Roland's like, well, I tried the bidet. And then Andrew was just like, what? And then we just like had a 20 minute tangent talking about bidets. That's kind of how that. I don't think went. I was part of that. But that's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, Restore the Snyderverse, family and random stuff. You shouldn't have said that. I don't have I friends. I got family. Yeah. You got that's a great way to just like pivot it's to a different topic. I love reminiscent it. of Pee Wee's Playhouse with the uh, secret word. Mm. Yeah. All right. Hey, um, by the way, I just wanted to run this thing by you guys. Uh, I brought it up earlier and I don't think we really addressed it. But since we're on the, you know, on the topic of family, uh, we might as well talk about what's been going on with the movie. That's all about family. Oh, yes. Hmm. So, I did want to ask you guys: What have you have you been following this story where Justin Lin quit the movie like a week into production, and the I've man has done things about just, it. huh? I've seen little things about it. But what's the deal? So Justin what's Lin, name, who directed, sorry, Le- coming in. What? How would you pronounce his surname? Because you included him in Louis Leterrier. Oh, He's Leterrier. French. Yeah. I pronounced it well. There you go. No, it is. Um, so Justin Lin, who's directed five out of the nine Fast movies, he started with Tokyo Drift, and he's done, I think, like Fast Five, Six, Seven, and five, Three, Five, Six, Seven, Eight. He did not do F9, um, or I think he didn't do. No, he didn't do Fate of the Furious, which is the eighth one, but he did do F9. Anyway, he's done five out of the nine movies or 10 if you count Hobbs and Shaw he's done half of the movies in this franchise and the guy was coming back to do this one which by the way Fast X is meant to be like this two-part movie where they have the 10th one and the 11th one then they were going to at one point film them back to back I don't know if they're still doing that but for some reason and as we now sort of know the reason was it seemed like Vin Diesel according to a report would come to set late and would be out of shape and would not know some of his lines. And then he's a producer on the movie. So he has a lot of pull in terms of the creative side. So he would give notes on the script and like, make out changes. Of huh? Out of shape? Fine, out of shape. They didn't really so, define it. But I feel like all that means is he's not in Dom Toretto shape. You know, like the, but maybe, maybe he's got a beer belly. I don't know. Like it's, he's, he's not in the shape that you'd expect him to be. You know, like mm. The Rock shows up to a movie set and he wants to be Black Adam. He's like, I don't need shoulder, I don't need padded suits. Just give me something that shows, you know, how much muscle I put on every morning at 5 a.m., eight hours a day working out. Like, you know, like he's got a work ethic. And I think that's why The Rock left these fast movies. He's like, I'll do the Hobbs and Shaw. I won't do this because I can't deal with certain people whose work ethic isn't good. He didn't. He never pointed specifically to Who's, anybody, but it's been speculated that Vin like... Diesel was the one he was highlighting. But who's most famous for like a notoriously bad work ethic? Well, I know in the set of one of the Blade sequels, um, Wesley Snipes wouldn't even come out of his trailer for a lot of the time. And so they had to like rewrite the movie as they went because they couldn't have the main actor be in some scenes. His behavior on set was pretty bad. And I think at one point he even like assaulted one of the crew members. And I don't know exactly like what happened in terms of like if charges were pressed or whatever, but... So pretty bad behavior. Jared I mean, you know, Jared too? Leto has had bad yeah. behavior. Yeah. yeah. 
who else is out there? Because you well, keep getting them every now Ezra and then. Miller has been terrorizing Hawaii for the last month. So there's that. Um, yes. He's been arrested like three times, I'm pretty sure. He had a restraining order filed against him. I was Jesus. like, somebody get him out of that state. Let's you get know, him back I, to L.A. As the story, I didn't know who he was until I started yeah. seeing those stories. And I'll be honest with you, every time I saw his face pop up, all I could think was he would be a very convincing Elon Musk. He looks <laughs> enough like him. I was like, he does. That's that movie. Yeah. I, I could see him doing it if you needed. If When's looking he... like the person even mattered, which apparently for Elvis, it does not. I keep it's... seeing trailers. I keep yeah. seeing the same trailers every time I go to the movies. Yeah. Um, I'm not at all interested in the Elvis movie, even though I like Elvis. I'm not Do you like Bas Lerman? I don't. I like mm, The Great Gatsby. But um, that Interesting. Looks, that so people wrong. who compare Moulin Rouge and Great Gatsby, a lot of them, they don't like Great Gatsby. They prefer Moulin Rouge. I did not care for Moulin Rouge. I, I love Great Gatsby, but I also really like Moulin Rouge. But I'm I'm yeah. not excited for Elvis either for some reason. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I... Mm. I, but Tom Elvis Hanks is, is a there. I, oh, yeah, don't even get me started there. <laughs> Are you trying to get um, him excited for the movie or to have yeah. him run away from uh, the movie? <laughs> wrong, bad call. Bad call to try and get me excited for that. With there Tom he is. Hanks. I see him. Doing a doing a really bad accent, whatever it is. I can't even be too but sure. He's been like his, like, uh, um, what, what are they called? His roles recently, they're very diverse. He's really branching out. He's in the yeah. Pinocchio movie too for Disney coming up. Yeah. They're making like That's multiple cool. Pinocchio movies. He's the one he's in he's gonna be the person who makes Pinocchio in the Disney version. Uh, I Geppetto. forget what the name of the character is. He's gonna be Geppetto? I think so, yeah. Oh dang. <laughs> oh, By the wow. way, Baz Luhrmann like came out and talked for like way too long at CinemaCon and you know Baz Luhrmann's got like a very like a specific way of talking like he's got an he's got an accent uh, and mm. <laughs> he just kept like people like wondering looking at their watches aren't we supposed to like get to the dc stuff at this warner brothers presentation and like he just kept talking and talking about the movie and but he did say like you know he did not want to make this movie and then he found um the the actor who plays elvis in this film and he was like yes now i'll make this movie because you know the the why am I forgetting the name of the actor who's playing the Austin uh, Butler Elvis Austin Butler he was Austin in Butler he's like the perfect according to Baz Luhrmann the perfect fit for this role and until he found that perfect fit he did not want to even make the film um but the story why I put up on screen fit? huh what's so okay. perfect about him I guess because so the way he described it is he, he's not only doing a great job of you know playing the you know Elvis on screen he also sang a lot of the the songs of El for Elvis like not older Elvis older Elvis songs in the movie are still you know they play the original Elvis recordings but mm -hmm. um for when he's playing in the young the younger Elvis and parts of the movie he's he's singing he's obviously dancing and and you know as an actor too so I think he brings a lot to the table and that's that's the reason why he really um liked the actor I feel like I'll end up seeing it because I'm a big Elvis fan, but mm. I don't know. I'll be interested to see the history. I, have you guys ever seen a duo of Frank Sinatra and Elvis? 
it's very rare video. It's the most darling thing in the world. Which can we watch it, Dan? Um, the what? It's essentially Elvis, Elvis Presley, and Frank Sinatra, and it's just rare clip of them two. And then you have like this one generation with the other generation performing together at the same time for like just a minute, but it's it's incredible. Let's let's watch that. I think it's I'm okay. I'm sacrificing the tab that I had open for bidets to do this, so this better be good. Oh. <laughs> Not the bidets. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> had to just point that out. Um, they did a duet. We can't really listen to it. I'll put it up. Um, mm. Let's see. Is oh, this Priscilla Presley? I think you need to skip it a little bit. A bit more. I'm guessing that's Sinatra and that's Elvis in the middle. Yeah, I I keep forgetting that's how Elvis used to look. Oh, that's it. That's the younger Elvis. That's that's what yeah. uh, the cast Austin Butler to play essentially. Yeah. See, we were talking about celebrities and attractiveness. I find Elvis attractive very much here. So. So you one. would say he's a hunka hunka. He's a hunka hunka in this one. In yeah. this video, I think he's a hunka hunka. But so is Frank Sinatra. But yeah, I guess he's he's got that um, Javier Swiss. Bardem kind of good looks. Uh, <laughs> he's just. I don't know if I just made a very controversial comment there or not. I'm... Yeah. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Didn't we like, I think we have done an episode and we we're saving it. It's called the, uh, can someone be uncanceled? I may, I may need that episode soon. Um, mm. <laughs> okay. Well, there's not a whole lot of visually entertaining stuff going on here. He's just, oh, wait, the music they're zooming is great in because they're singing each other's songs at the same time. That would be confusing. It's like, um, it's essentially a mix. It's like okay. two songs mashed into one. But they performing each other's songs. That's cool. that, that was the, the the fun part, as to like kind of um, like a little praise to each other's art. That's neat. It That's really probably is. yeah. Hmm. That probably got a lot. I mean, you know, it probably hit home a lot more back in its time than it probably does for people today. Who most people probably haven't heard a lot of Frank Sinatra and Elvis music True. unless. You oh, no. are at Times Square like at every New no. Year's Eve. Dan, and... that's like being marvelized. You're huh? you're not cool if you're not listening to oh. Frank Sinatra. I've only listened oh. to I don't I'm not a huge Sinatra fan. And I guess you All could right. say I am marvelized. Oh, there it is again. There's Marvel. Look at that. You can't get away from it. No, Let's try it's to get more of like more more of the people, same. Okay. People are kind of like, you're cool. It's almost like um if you have Frank Sinatra in your playlist, then you, you're the elite. You know? I never yeah. got that. The whole idea of people Ridiculous. kind of judging each other based on what they have in their playlist. I'm like, I'm a, I'm proud of the music that I listen to because I'm like, that's what defines. Because I think the music that anybody listens to is speaks more about who they are as a person, where they come from and what they, you know, what their tastes are, obviously, than it does about mm -hmm. the music. So I never well, took that as a means to make a statement i'm like i listen to music i listen to you can like it you can not like it and that's not really something that concerns me i'll listen to that music you know yeah absolutely yeah. i i think um when you look at music and you look at somebody's playlist what you're looking for is 
do you seek out something interesting or unique or do you just feed what you're given because if you're just if you just if you sorry if you just eat what you're sorry i just woke up and i haven't eaten <laughs> so it's yeah <laughs> it's um you're looking to see if people have explored and experimented and gone beyond what is just put in front of them and so mm -hmm. if you just listen to what is out on the radio or what's trending on spot top 40 <laughs> yeah you're yeah. you're paying for sorry you're listening to what people have paid to have placed in front of you exactly. and music can really take you places it can it can mean something to you and it can if you mm. can if you seek out something that speaks to you um it becomes a more enriching experience rather than you know well you can dance to it yeah exactly do you guys yeah. ever find yourself listening to your old playlist and thinking, wow, I was a completely different person. And it, it's a playlist of. from two years ago, even last year. And I'm like, this is an song, awful song. <laughs> you know, what's, what's interesting is through history, cultures have used music as a way to remember things and as a way to right. encode information. And mm. um, even as a method of generating an oral history. I mean, music and, is great anthropological records, I think, is yeah. one way of describing music. But yeah. on top of that, like some when there's there's a certain album by the Shins, Wincing the Night Away, that came out in 2006. I listened to it constantly in middle school um, mm. and it's still some of my favorite music. But when I listen to it, it takes me back to those moments in my life and it takes yeah. me back to that yes. time. And that's one of the gifts of music is it doesn't matter if you were alive for it, you know, when it came out, but it's when you listen to it, when it was part of your life, it's, it's creates a part of your mind that it constantly takes you back to. It's like a time travel machine. It is. I we love don't have that superpowers. We have music. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and that's the thing. I feel like to kind of tag onto what you were saying, Andrew, I'm very at home with who I am as a person now in my life. Like, so I've sort of yeah. come to terms with that. I'm like, you can like hey. it, you can not like it, you can poke fun at it. But like, I have that level of self-esteem where I'm very comfortable with that. So whether it's a Justin Bieber track from when I was in high school sure. and, or if it's, if I'm listening to One Direction because I was, I liked one of their songs, um, or if I'm listening to um, Tupac or, or Snoop Dogg or, or Jonas I don't know, Brothers. like, I don't listen to BTS, but so I don't, I shouldn't say that. Or I'm listening to Bollywood music from decades ago or Bollywood yeah. music from a few years ago, more contemporary. Or even, you know, music, I, I was born in Pakistan, so like a music from artists uh, from Pakistan. Like it's, I listen to different playlists and I don't, yes, I, you know, I see, yeah, my taste in music sometimes that comes across. Yeah, my taste in music has changed so and evolved. What's the last but it doesn't mean I don't still like those old tracks. Yeah. Can we... Check your Spotify's or what's the last song you guys listened to? Oh, um. well, <laughs> last night um, I was treating myself to something I hadn't done in uh, since college, and that was listen to all of Brian Wilson's Smile, oh. which is brilliant work. Um, so <laughs> that's that's what I like. For me, it's like was... lo-fi music. Yeah, go ahead. What? Lofi, I was doing work, and it's just it's kind of. 
as you do. But like if you play in the background when you work, it just gives you a good good vibe. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I should stop that associating music and work. I should just have a moment where I just listen to music. I mm. think so. Yeah. I mean there's But do you guys some, find some yourself music, some music is written to be in the background and is written yeah. and is made for dancing or is but I've found that my taste, the stuff I listen to and the stuff I write, it's like music that you listen to, to listen to, to hear everything that's happening and to, um, battery. Oh, we lost battery. Damn. I'll be back. I'm still here. Okay. You, I'm, you can still listen to me talking yeah. the music of my voice, if you will. Okay. I will. And the, um, <laughs> you know, when, when something is written, to elicit emotion or to transport you or just to show you what can be done with music. Um, classical music, that's what I'll listen to in the car because I'm just mm. kind of, I've become exhausted with pop and pop conventions. Same. For me, it was yeah. also um, like a bit of blues and jazz in the, in the car. I don't know. I find it very soothing when people are beeping on me too. Mm. But yeah, Dan, what about you? What did you last listen to last? I was listening to some banging Shah Rukh Khan music from the 90s. It's Bollywood. He's, if you look him up, Shah Rukh Khan is like one of the biggest actors like in Bollywood history and sort of even transcends Bollywood in many ways. Like there's a, you know, the David Letterman has a show on Netflix called The Next, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. There's a new season of that that's about to come out, by the way. But Shah Rukh Khan like came on for one of those episodes and it's, oh, cool. it's one of those rare moments where you see, you know, some an icon from one industry can interact with another and have just an open conversation but yeah it's uh actually there's a i don't know what movie it is but there's a universal pictures movie which has this exact song that starts off under their logo at the very beginning and uh it's it's very iconic but i don't know if you guys can even hear that not really no it's not even coming through I have this filter on so the music doesn't come through. But yeah, yeah. The 90s was like his peak of his prime. So I, and mm -hmm. growing up, you know, in the mid 90s to early 2000s, that's what I grew up watching and loving. So like when it comes down to a lot of my favorite films of all time, it has him, that actor in it. So that's part of like my thing. I have a playlist dedicated to just his old school music because he's been acting, his acting career is like th three decades long now, but I still mm -hmm. go back, go back to the first half of his acting career a lot of the time because that's, those are the movies I relate to a lot. Just, you know, mm. childhood, the good times, just reminisce. That's yeah. again, going back to the whole idea. We don't have superpowers. We have music. <laughs> yes. That's, Speaking of superpowers yeah. and music, just really quickly, have you guys, do you guys remember that scene when Doctor Strange were they were fight with the music notes. That upset me. That was stupid. Uh, I was going to ask you, what did you guys think about it? Cause I'm like, like no Marvel fan can, if you like that movie and that scene specifically, you cannot complain about the third third act fight sequence between Electro and Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2 anymore. Because that was far more visually inspired of a sequence when they're fighting the power plant and all of a sudden Electro starts playing EDM music using the power station <laughs> fighting Spider-Man. And I'm like, this was way more stupid than that. It's kind of like you know, why I, my, my... I, I hate long uh, wand fights in 
and in, in Harry Potter movies because I'm like, there's only so many ways in which you can make it like look cool, like you're doing one of these moves, and I'm like, what the? F-? I don't yeah, get it. I just, it's I just not entertaining. Like the CGI of it, I didn't enjoy. It's like that's those are musical notation. So like, are you telling me that like Doctor Strange in the middle of a fight is going to make music look like? You know, he's going to take care of This attack is going to be a C-sharp as notated here. It's like, no, that's not what music necessarily looks like. That's a notation mm-hmm. system. What a stupid device. Yeah. Um, I was like, is this a dance-off but with musical notes? I'd rather have a dance-off. I would have loved to see what kind of moves uh, Benedict Cumberbatch has in him. I don't. You know, I would dance-off like against himself. Um, Pass. That would have been something. Pass. <laughs> okay. I think we haven't we have had enough of open mic night. Um, yeah, we talked what nice whatever detour. we liked for quite a while that was there. Fun. Yeah, it was fun. Okay, well, and uh, what's happening let, next week? Yes, uh, let's let's talk about what's happening next week. Um, let me see if I can pull up something that I want to point out here. It has nothing to do with next week. I just want to find a oh God. point of transition. What even is this? Have you watched too many cooks? I have not, no. Okay, that's your homework. Watch that right now. As Once we're done, watch Too Many Cooks. That was my college paper that I wrote about it. Um, don't, don't pause it. Don't, you know, just watch it. Don't question it. Just don't look it up. Don't do anything. Just watch the video, okay? Is it 11 minutes? Yes. Okay. And uh, you, you wrote fast. your college just paper on that. I did. <laughs> You've run out of topics, Andrew. No, no, no. I, in fact, you'll watch it. You will watch it and you will see there really is 25 pages or more to be written about it. Genius. I'm so intrigued. It really is. 25 pages or more, you said. Or more. Yeah, because I had diagrams as well. Can I see that picture again? Sure. That's me in college. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. Let me pull it up. Hmm? Oh, who made the picture? I did. I did. It was my cover page for the paper. <laughs> Philippe Gutierrez, he was my uh, he was my television criticism professor. Yep. Nice. That's All right. solid. What did you study, Andrew? Rhetoric and new media. Solid. That explains wow. a lot. No, that it definitely... actually does. It's it does like explain a, a lot. Missing puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yes. It all makes sense now. Uh, is what I'll say. But guys, next week we are going to be checking out this uh, new horror movie that's coming out based on a Stephen King book, uh, which has the same Stephen font King. title of old Stephen King novels, much like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness did. But unfortunately, fortunately, I, or at least I'm hoping fortunately, this movie has not been Marvelized. It's got Zac Efron in it. And... Uh, yeah, it's a horror film. I think Roland brought this to our attention in the uh, initially like months ago. It's part of our movie eliminators, one of our top five that we recommended everybody else watch. We were like, why don't we watch this ourselves? It's out in theaters, and in the U.S. at least, it's also going to be simultaneously out uh, available to watch on Peacock. I think you have to have the paid version of Peacock, not the free version, like the premium Peacock, gotcha. to watch it. Or you can just go watch it in theaters. I'm probably not going to watch it in theaters. I'll just watch it on Peacock. Um, I, you know what? I... I, every once in a while, I go through a phase where I really want to watch some good horror. Um, it's been a while. I think I could I could use a good horror movie. Uh, Stephen King, 
I don't know. I feel like he's kind of cliche. He's the marvel of horror, maybe. Um, and there's, there's substance in there's his stories, though. Yeah, there's also a lot of weird sex stuff. In sex it. stuff, yeah, obviously, but nobody ever says that out loud. By the way, it's okay. Like he's an adult. He took. He did a lot of acid when he was writing those books. So. I guess, but I mean, like the actual ending <laughs> of it, the book. Do you know what happens? Look it up. Yeah, there was I don't this... want Yeah, there's. I, do, I, I have no interest that. in watching the movies, it. so you can tell me. Oh, it's, it's not, not in the movies. It's not, it's in, the not movies. in the movies. It's Just, not even hinted. Yeah. That's that's oh, it thing. isn't? The, yeah, people okay. say he's a he's a genius because of what he's written, and then I go like, but that's yeah. I typed wrote. in the chat, Dan, so we don't need to. Uh, 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 you, you I thought that was a different a movie detail. that it happens at the end of. Never mind. But that happens too with like okay. all the main characters. It's just too much. Yeah, yeah, that's that's in the thing. book. You mean like it's not implied, it's literally yeah. in the book. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's and it's like pretty self-explanatory. It's not hidden, nothing. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, okay. Andrew, that adds a lot more context to Doesn't what it? Mags. Yes, yes. Now, now I'm to having be... a totally different reaction to the whole There you go. Thing. Yeah. 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 So that's that's not what comes to my, like it's horrible. But it's but not it's in not... all the books. It's not all, all No, but there's books. always something. There's some element of Yeah. Mm. that i don't know anyway we'll watch it and i'll report yeah. back to you whether or not i find anything objectionable about it also <laughs> also next week i mean hey maybe it's the return of roland um but i, uh, I hear we we have a inside look at uh, what roland's up to potentially right now oh is that oh right? wait no it looks there like it looked like he's already done his business and he's left the room <laughs> um looks like we just missed it um, but yes, Roland will be back. <laughs> Roland will be back next week on the show. I look forward to seeing Ryan, him. Ryan, right? Ryan's coming back too. I hope so. Um, I think he's uh, finally wrapped up the you know what's keeping him busy on the weekends, and uh, hopefully he will be able to join us on the show. Um, can't wait to see what Roland has to say about his latest experiences with bidets, how we, how he likes sure Firestarter. Has. I think he's he's a big horror he's the biggest horror fan in the group, so. Um, mm. I'm pretty sure he's going to watch the movie. He's but, like uh, an expert. So yeah. like oh, yeah. the resident Marvel, he's the resident horror. Kind of. Yep. Yeah. It's a special thing. In the meantime, social. We are, we're everywhere. We're all on all the socials. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Let me see. We have a website, osocurious.com. Soon to be marvelized.com. Um, <laughs> that, that, I'm starting to, you know, I have got it on. I've got it in my cart. I am going He's to probably buy it. I should You're buy the so domain name marvelize.com. I can't believe nobody is. You know what was the biggest surprise of me pulling that up? I pulled it up and it didn't tell me you have to pay a thousand dollars to buy this premium domain name. And yeah. I'm like, and and it's available. So I how am much definitely. Do they want from it? Huh? For it? How much? How do much? They want for it? Yeah. They actually, so GoDaddy.com is actually telling me you can get it for one cent for the first year. If you get a two-year registration, and then every year after that, uh, they would have charged me the full price, which is like twenty bucks. That's nothing. Oh. I can do that. Um, yeah. Just in case. But we need to do something with that. Marvelized. Well, at the very least, it should forward to the website. But yes, be our friend. Follow us. Like us. Subscribe. Share us with other people. We're trying to be. We're trying to enlighten as many people as possible with our our in-depth analysis of content 
making sense of everything that comes your way. Including bidets. Including bidets. 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 Oh, and happy bidet to you again. Oh, nice one. Thank you, guys. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, before we go, before we go, we got to do it one more time. Oh, there we go. Hey. And to every mom out there, happy Mother's yes. Day. Yes, happy Mother's Day. Thank you so much for giving birth to us all. EMI. <laughs> Alrighty. They don't That's want to it. remember no. that. <laughs> Sorry. You get all right. Whole day for it. All right. Well, we'll see you next time is what I'm trying to say. Thanks for watching. All right. See ya.